Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 100 movies, I think? 101. 101. This is episode 108, Willy's Wonderland from 2021. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, I don't know why it changed, but like up until six weeks ago, this was Wally's Wonderland, which feels crazy because there's a lot of in-movie branding to call it Willy's Wonderland. And now it's like, oh no, we're just Willy now. But it was like, it was Wally for years, right? I, I thought so. Yeah. Unless this is another one of those like large Hadron Collider side effects, like the <laughs> Bernstein Bears Mandala effect or whatever they call it. Uh, I'm pretty sure like we were both pretty surprised that when it was like, A, coming out this year and B, seemed to have a title change. Nevertheless, close enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they started calling it like Billy or something like that. Like, sure. It's really close. It's very strange that it happened at all. But I guess, you know, here we are with our second new Nicolas Cage project of the year. We had history of swear words. We also now, I don't know the full extent of it. I don't know if it's uh, if he's involved or not. But there is the brand new news that they are doing a face off not remake, but sequel with Wingard and Bart, who uh, I love from Your Next and The Guest. And I still really like that Blair Witch movie, but they have kind of, my friend put it really well. My friend Bob said that Adam Wingard went from like making pastiche of cool things to just like straight up remaking things. And it's like, huh. yeah, it's kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? Like it's it's cool that he's doing Godzilla versus Kong, but it's like, I would rather have him do something that's inspired by that, you know? Yeah, yeah. That Godzilla versus Kong news was a shock to me. It seems like, not, I don't know the guy. I'm sure everybody loves King Kong and Godzilla, you know? But it just seems like seeing the movies he'd made, it's so much bigger than anything he's ever made before. So I was like, well, this is interesting. Like that they got him to do it. Sort of sees like take one of these like indie guys and give him a big Marvel movie situation or whatever sure. but you know I love his previous work you know I like the Blair Witch but I think it's just so much I love the original Blair Witch so much that it was just like you said hard once he started getting into the remake to sort of go along but yeah nevertheless like I'm excited about all of it yeah I don't want to like you know bes- besmirch I don't know what verb I'm looking for here uh, besmirch a guy's credit or an, I don't know I don't want I don't want to be negative about the guy because he earned it because he, he and Simon Barrett made one of my all-time favorite favorite movies in the guest another movie that i really 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 like in your next and like whatever he wants to do i think it's interesting i just i'd rather have more original stuff in general and from them you know what i mean but it is what it is like yeah, i yeah. was more excited about the blair witch movie when it was called like the woods and then they went to comic-con they're like hey uh it's blair witch it's like well uh, what no i'm like i'm instantly less like nothing changed except the title and i guess you know the association but i was like oh i'm interested i'm instantly less interested but you know yeah it's whatever. just kind of hard to see what threads they're going to pick up from the original and the original is so great and John Woo and yeah. all that Travolta even and it's like where do you go from there so we'll see <laughs> we'll get there when we get there Joey <laughs> what I would what I think would be funny is you know how they're uh, they've been apparently remaking twins for like a decade or more right. and Triplets they just added with, uh, Eddie Murphy yeah, yeah with Eddie Murphy like I wanted to have that like just add a third guy into the mix so that Cage's face goes on this third guy the third guy's face goes on Travolta and oh. Travolta's face goes on Cage and then whatever, it's almost know? like that future episode with the brain switching and they have to oh, have yeah. like a mathematical a equation episode. to get their yeah, faces man. back. <laughs> well, we are here to talk about Willy's Wonderland, the second Cage project for the first Cage movie. So here is, if you have not seen this yet, here is a quick plot summary 
of Willy's Wonderland. So Nicolas Cage plays a character only credited as the janitor, and he has no dialogue the entire movie. Uh, he's driving a blue muscle car, shout out Too Fast, Too Forever. Not a red sports car, but a blue muscle car. And he hits some road spikes and gets towed to Hayesville, the home of Willy's Wonderland. There's no internet in town. He has no cash on him. So to work off the $1,000 car repair debt, he agrees to do one night of cleanup at Willy's Wonderland, which... I will say, before I knew that, like, Willie's was essentially haunted, I'm like, a thousand bucks for a night of work? Like, you know, just to clean up? Like, that's not bad, right? So Yeah, really, way above minimum wage. So this guy Tex McAdoo locks Cage in Willie's Wonderland overnight. He's the owner, but he knows that Cage will likely die. Meanwhile, there's a group of friends led by this girl named Liv, who has been trying to burn down Willie's Wonderland. Cage, as he's cleaning, starts fighting these animatronic creatures, because the movie is essentially, like, a knockoff ripoff whatever of the five nights at freddy's video game computer game series so it's the same kind of plot they have said that it's not the same it's not based on it it's kind of based on chuck e cheese whatever but it's all the same you know animatronic things right (laughs) just coming to life i will save the details of the kills because there's some kills that i want to especially make note of when we talk about them in full on the episode uh but the kids show up to finish the job Liv comes into willie's wonderland to save cage but he doesn't want her help all the kids fall into the Willy's Wonderland. We find out that Willy's Wonderland was the brainchild of a sadistic serial killer who bred other serial killers. And then instead of surrendering to the cops, they performed a satanic suicide ritual. And so now they are all kind of inhabiting these animatronic creatures. The town made a pact with the devil. It gets a little murky here. Meanwhile, all these kids start getting kicked off one by one by the creatures. Cage continues to clean and fight and take breaks and drink his soda and play pinball. The sheriff arrives. She and her, not deputy, just like some outside help or whatever, make sure that uh, Cage is held accountable. You know, they handcuff him. Willie kills the sheriff. Cage then fights Willie. Uh, Cage beats him senseless and tears off his head. Tex shows up in the morning thinking that Cage will be dead and that, you know, the, the demons will be satisfied or whatever. But Cage and Liv, the girl, leave in his repaired car. The escaped fairy who is not dead sets fire to McAdoo's car, killing him and the mechanic. And then Cage passes Liv a soda as he drives through the reanimated Spanish duck and off into the future or whatever. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's a lot (laughs) in there about pinball and cleaning and Mm -hmm. drinking sodas and fighting animatronics and all that sort of stuff. But that's Willy's Wonderland uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, we're back to some horror cage, which was uh, pretty cool. Good to see here, you know? And I don't think we've had, like, real true horror cage since Mandy. Like, Color Out of Space was weird and shit and, like, fucked up stuff happened. But, like... This they're going for, like, this and Mom and Dad would be a great double feature, right? You know, So they were like, by the same, I think the same, like, production company or something? Okay. They're both made by the same people. Okay, because that's just, like, three hours, two movies, great energy, like, that sort of situation. And speaking of producers quickly, we have uh, Riff Coogan back here from the longest time ago. He directed Cage for the infamous... Never on Tuesday, baby. Yeah, that infamous scene of the Red, Man in Red Sports Car. That was his movie, so... It's great to see his hand involved here. I love his work. I got very excited, first of all, that it's a Saturn Films. I mean, there is, again, like a dozen production studios. It's just like card after card after card. And I saw Saturn Films. I'm like, okay, cool. And I see it. It might even be like a new design. 
design for Saturn films. Like it feels like they're like languishing on the uh, they're like they're really drinking it in as like the, the Saturn like gets its rings and like the boards come up. But oh, yeah, it's it. gone from like traditional animation to CGI <laughs> in like 4K resolution. <laughs> and then I saw executive producer Adam Rifkin. And I was like, oh, Mike. Very exciting. So pretty cool, pretty cool there. I don't know if you know, the only other real Cage connection that I found in terms of the cast and crew is that the woman who plays the sheriff, Beth Grant, do you remember, this is kind of a a very small role, do you remember what movie she was in or what part she played? Not of a Cage movie, but I totally recognized her from Stuff. I was like, okay, this is, she's familiar. So when I looked her up, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I wonder who she plays in that. And then as soon as I saw the character name, I was like, oh yeah, of course. She plays, quote, laundry lady in Matchstick Men. So she's the one at the laundromat that Allison, Allison Lohman, like hoodwinks or something at the laundromat. She's like, eighth credit in that but that movie is basically the three people right it's cage and rockwell and allison loman so yeah but i remember i'm like oh yeah i remember her from that scene but she's yeah she's been in a bunch of stuff but i think that's the only person because most of the cast is like new ish and a lot of kids are like either they're like up and coming and i think one of them was in something of note but it's it seems like a lot of kind of you know traditional horror stuff right where you have like unknowns trying to like jumpstart a career kind of yeah that was kind of refreshing i've been running into that lately maybe it's just because the movie's released over the last year have been sort of less big studio stuff so there's just more actors I don't recognize as I'm watching stuff that's just sort of you know involves those people and I like that more often you know like we have Cage here totally know who he is okay like let everyone else be sort of newcomers or fresh faces and stuff like I almost feel like with these Cage on demand movies or even in general ones where he is the the name the draw like the way it got made it's a time to do that you know what I'm saying like you have sort of a security with Cage being in your movie to a degree where you can populate it with sort of lesser known actors and give a person a break and you know he's known to be a kind of guy that likes to encourage giving people a break as well so that helped me throughout the movie it being such a you know familiar or already known like it's a premise you know like it could only play out so many ways okay and I kind of foresaw all of them and uh yeah one the one way it played out was definitely one way I was envisioning it but uh (laughs) you know I I totally think like these kids were great it was cool uh they added like a new energy um a good energy you know to sort of balance cage and stuff so the, the the new generation and they could totally be from stuff but i'm just an old guy now so i don't sure I don't know them i like this movie the director the director describes it. director kevin lewis describes it as pale rider where clint eastwood basically plays death right on a horse uh meets mm. killer clowns from outer space and oh, okay. so <laughs> fair enough and one of the producers of this movie was in killer clown so like there's that directing there i think my big issue with this movie and i like this movie i think this would be a movie that would benefit greatly from like a midnight screening with a packed crowd of people who like really really are into it because i think watching it alone at home is like yeah okay I think that there is, and I don't want to come off like a snob, but I think there's a real difference in like the schlocky B-movie stuff of the 80s, like Killer Clowns, and this. Like, I think the practical effects like just do such a world of wonder there, and like the CGI blood spatter and stuff in this, I'm just like, it just feels different. Like, I know that they're going for that, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it just, I don't know, man, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. It's close for me, right? Like, I think I, I like this a little more than you did, but I mean, maybe not. Maybe I just, maybe I was just feeling a little more generous or whatever, but like, I was very content watching because I just wanted to see this movie in general. You mentioned Five Nights at Freddy's before. I'm familiar yep. with that game through a through a nephew of mine and everything else, but I'm sold on the premise, okay? And like, yeah, this movie 
should have been made in the 80s. I don't know why Haunted Chuck E. Cheese wasn't done in the 80s or anything like that. I'm on board, but like, yeah, the spirit is there. It's just sort of like, technically, it's just not quite there. You're right with like the practical effects or maybe the filmmaking or whatever, just like the strength and caliber of the people behind the camera and everything. However, I do feel like the energy, the spirit, their intent, it's all very pure. It's all there. And I could see them that they're fans. You know, Night of the Creeps came into my mind at one point. Even Night of the Comet came into my mind at one point, just in sort of uh, that B-movie 80s feel to it. We're so far from the 80s is the other thing that there's all this different influence in filmmaking. You know, there's a lot of the shaky cinema verite going on here and, you know, the wild whipping action. You know, I think we both recognized like wide angle lenses and things like that and stuff. So there's just different techniques trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah, I think they did really well, though. You know, you kind of they kind of did the best they could in, in the modern with the modern sensibilities. Yeah, like I think that they commit to it in a way that like, I don't think that this movie is going to win anyone over who's not on board with the premise, right? Like, because it's just, it's it, it doesn't hide what it is. Like what you mm-hmm. were saying before, you you knowing like eight different ways it could play out or whatever, and like it, it was one of those, right? Like it's not really trying to surprise you. I think it's just trying to delight you, and I think that it works, and I think it's good and it's fun and it's breezy and it's short, mercifully short, which is very nice. I think what I need to get my mind right with so much of Cage Club. I was just like admiring all these performances that we hadn't seen. And then I just want to see him like really act again. We're getting Mm. glimpses here and there, but then there's like the sequence at the end of this movie where like he's playing pinball and like dancing to the techno, like to like the synth music. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the same thing as like mom and dad were like, he's doing some acting here and there. And then like, it's like the hokey pokey bashing the pool table. It's like, oh, this whole movie is like, you're showcasing the cage moment. And I'm like, I just, I don't want that. Like I want him Mm -hmm. to act again, but I get that he's having fun. This is kind of like a if not disposable then just kind of like a you know what i mean so i just yeah i need to get my mind right on that that like the cage that i want the cage that i love and i've grown to love if if not is gone forever is like he's kind of hiding for now okay i, I don't yeah i don't think he's gone forever i believe in my heart he's still in there somewhere i just rewatched a, a vampire's kiss okay for yeah. the first time in a while right and like you know he is acting that that is him like doing it you know what i'm saying like that isn't a joke performance and it just had been sort of taken as a joke at one point by by a certain sect of people and whatever you know like i understand that that's okay and everything but like you're right i need that sort of stretch okay like that's what i look for in in cage these days like so much of it he's just and nothing against it or anything it's fine you know i love it but he's just sort of doing his thing in a lot of movies right what i really appreciated about this one He's doing a lot of his his stuff again, like dancing with a pinball machine, just being eccentric, okay? Like throwing some flair in there and stuff. But I actually felt what surprised me with this performance was the whole thing where he didn't say a single word, okay? Right. Like I had heard a rumor there was a movie coming out. I didn't realize it was going to be this movie until it started. And I was like, is this the movie he doesn't say a single word in? And it was. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this wasn't the best movie to pull that in but he pulled it you know (laughs) like he did it anyway because you gotta admit like it's they they really sort of like they cheat it a couple times right like you have to you have to maybe this wasn't the time to do a silent performance but i'm glad he did something out of the ordinary to make it stand out from just another cage performance you know i think that helped me you know there's not a ton of actors i don't think that could be 
this kind of watchable in a way where there's no dialogue, where it's just him doing stuff. To that point, like, there's not a ton of just him, right? Like, he starts cleaning things, and then, like, there's a fight. And, like, he just, he fights, and, like, he's, you know, making, like, karate noises or whatever, right? And then the kids show up, and, like, they're talking kind of at him or whatever, right? So there's not a ton of him just, like, solo on screen. But, like, when there is, I'm invested. I'm, I'm you know, I'm I'm on board. You know, tying into your, your newest podcast with Dan Colon, The Monsters That Made Us, like, this apparently comes from Cage's, like, long lived obsession and love of classic silent horror films which I know that you've covered a couple of so I think he had always wanted to according to the internet at least he'd always wanted to do a role like this because he so admired you know what those actors brought to those kind of roles and so it's a bold choice by both actor (laughs) and director to be like yeah I'm not going to talk this movie or like we're going to write a part where the guy doesn't talk and like I wonder if and I don't know I, I didn't I don't know there's that much writing about this movie I wonder if this is the kind because it's crazy to me to think about like writing a movie with a silent protagonist and not knowing who you're going to cast right like yeah yeah that is a tall ask but if you have cage on board it's like okay i think he could do it or like maybe there was like maybe he was a man a few words and the cage was like i think i could do it with no words or you know what i mean like there's got to be some kind Mm -hmm. of like it's a bold choice for for uh Boy, boy. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will say this though, just to sort of like put a put an end to my thoughts about like the Cage voiceless performance. Uh-huh. Like he would have been great in the artist, you know. Like he would have been great. He's good in like this is the kind of stuff though that like he needs to channel when he Has gets Cage done a black and white movie. I don't think so. This is the kind of stuff. Not that you save, but like maybe he's working it out so that when he gets the next big break or the next opportunity with someone, like if he does a movie with Spielberg, who knows what I'm saying? Like he won't be like now's the time to try my silent performance or anything like that like it's cool like i i like it as another sort of gimmick to be like oh midnight movie like the one where the guy the janitor doesn't say a word fights animatronics it kind of goes with the tagline and i will say that like in that regard this movie feels a lot fresher than a lot of or at least a handful of other movies he's done recently where it's like yeah he's like it's like martial arts and stuff or like yeah it's like i guess you know i was gonna say primal is like yeah it's like he's got you know he's on a boat with wild animals but like that that kind of feels unique but like it does feel like a lot of the stuff it just like like you're not gonna confuse wally's one sorry willie's wonderland so sorry willie uh you're not gonna confuse willie's wonderland with any other movie because like you described it it's like this is a very unique premise and so i think we also have to keep in mind that like we consider each of these new releases like an event right like we're like oh new cage movie but like nobody's watching this like like you know (laughs) cage diehards are watching this and like horror junkies are watching this or whatever but like to the the wider audience people like what's willie's wonderland i think your point is valid like if he's using these as an opportunity to like flex or grow or test out some like creative muscles that he could then you know bring to a spielberg or a tarantino or a Fincher or whatever be like no I did a whole movie silent like I could do the scene silent or right. whatever yeah, like, I think that's interesting yeah like to, to the wider world I mean people just think of Cage maybe as like the the guy who owes money on his taxes or like the guy with all the VOD movies but like they don't yeah. they don't see these movies like they just kind of think of him as like the meme guy on the internet and so I think that's another important thing to keep in mind that we think it's like of of significance but like at the end of the day it's just like yeah it's a fun movie you know I don't think any of it is done in a way that is like 
I don't know, like negative as far as like, because I think now he's at a point, he's beyond a threshold with his persona, right? Where like he's embraced it, he's sort of trying to take control of it, he's or at least directing it in ways that he wants it to go. And I think this is like a byproduct of that, sort of a continuation of what we, what I was trying to say about like the history of swear words where, you know, where he's sort of like, all right, uh, if people are going to make fun of me, like, let me at least like get in on this or at least try and show them right. like, don't make fun of me, like come along with, like laugh with me instead of at me kind of situation and I feel like this movie does that better um, did you have problems with this the way you sort of did with Color Out of Space where he's just yelling alpaca alpaca and you know that he's maybe cashing in a little more on that <laughs> caginess you know like it feels a little more at home here than something like that yeah I think the issue that I had with Color Out of Space is that it was sold as a movie that was like this is like a return to form or like this is like for the masses and I was like okay like I had my expectations too high like this I just knew was kind of like and I say this lovingly like VOD schlock right it's just like yeah this is gonna be fun like I had sort of been sold a bill of goods mm. on Color Out of Space that like I thought like that could be on par with Mandy right like because I felt like the hype around that was the same as it was with Mandy and then when you and I watched Mandy we're like holy shit like this is great Color Out of Space I was like yeah, okay this I just I, I didn't mind it like I don't know I didn't have like an issue with this because I knew what this was and it turned out to be what it was and so like I okay. sort of had like appropriate expectations for it right okay so it's nice to see that like I recognized as well there's sort of a time and a place for this kind of stuff you know and like yeah. this is one of those moments where I, I'm kind of with you like I always thought that I liked Color Out of Space more but I definitely came I think across to your side about that a little bit after our conversation, but I also expected that to be more of like his return to form. Like now we're going to see him act. Now we're going to see him being taken seriously. Right. And it kind of didn't happen. You know, one thing that I think this movie could have done better that I would have liked it more is I think they could have done a better job setting up and having defining characteristics of the eight animatronic creatures. Like, and I feel yeah. like they start doing that and they just don't. The knight has his sword, but like, I didn't even know there was a knight until the guy, until he like slices a kid in half or whatever, or like impales a kid, right? It's just like, oh, I still don't know what that like ugly thing was. Like there's just, <laughs> I, I, like yeah. there's Willie, which is like a weasel. There's like the fairy, I guess. There's the knight. But like, if we had, again, like this is our reference, I think for this kind of thing in all places but like if we had like a suicide squad like character like a playing card trading <laughs> yeah, card thing right yeah. which is like willy uh strengths weaknesses like what he hates or whatever just like have something goofy because it's yeah. like oh weren't there eight of them it's like yeah i guess but i'm just taking your word for it like we don't know who these things are like there's like posters up and around you don't need to go crazy in depth like we meet the kids we kind of know the kids there's like six kids right like there's like the the stereotypically like quarterback jock or whatever and like his slutty girlfriend right and they go have sex and they get killed like we, we don't need more than that right like we we know that those are kind of like the tropes so like mm -hmm. we're able to keep those in check when they get killed off one by one but as i'm watching i'm like okay like i know he's killed two but like i don't know what six are left yeah i kind of thought overall that there were maybe too many of the creatures and kids to be yes. quite honest with yes. you like yes. there's a lot to kind of keep track of in a very small period of time here this is going off of like the Chuck E. Cheese model and I think more so it is it's like they're a band right so like there aren't a lot of bands with eight members unless you're getting into backup singers and keyboards and you know three guitar players and all this kind of shit and stuff so like even I was trying I was like okay there's a gorilla playing drums what is the <laughs> night doing Wally's the lead singer Willie uh, you know like it, I agree I wish there was sort of just a little more streamlined like introduction to all those characters because we get like some cool stuff about that in the backstory but it doesn't play into the strengths right. of their 
their differences or anything. You know, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, and uh, Willie's friend became the knight because he liked to use a sword to kill people. It's like, no, there's none of that kind of stuff going on. Like, you don't need a lot. Like, you don't need to do heavy lifting. Just, like, give, like, a... Oh, like, exactly. Like, he he swords people. Like, she uh, sprinkled, like, I don't know. Some kind of like, like root people like in powder form. Yeah, like yeah, so she yeah, was like yeah. she's the fairy because she always had like the tonic in store or whatever. It's like no, I just there's just a fairy. Mm-hmm. It's like nope, okay. Yeah, and and yeah, and I think if there was just less of them, I wouldn't even need that because I'd just be thinking about like oh maybe one of them's like a chipmunk and one's a weasel and one's like a bear. Like it would just come to me. Like I wouldn't even been like a problem or anything like that so that i hear you about but but what i do like i do like the designs i think the one you were referring to that's kind of the just the ugly thing was supposed to be a chameleon and i agree that one is probably like the least well designed but everything else like looks really great like i think that uh they they did a good job with the designs of the actual creatures and stuff if you're going for like an 80s kind of shitty theme park aesthetic like you can have ugly designs but like don't have eight of them like you could have like this weird defect thing but like you know what i was expecting to happen too is like you remember uh you saw krampus right the mike doherty film yeah krampus i saw it in theaters i haven't seen it since then I, I wasn't crazy about it but i don't really remember much about it but yeah okay well what kind of happens is like at one point toys attack and like there's wait hold on just i'm sorry but this is comedic actor turned serious actor turned once again comedic actor adam <laughs> scott right very very much correct the teddy bear turns into like a demonic teddy bear and like the jack-in-a-box is like a demonic jack-in-a-box and it sort of happened in this with the fairy but like I was expecting them to have like their mouths grow and their teeth sharpen and like spikes pop out and things so like maybe I was just waiting for that one extra push to happen to everything kind of missing not missing but like seeing where like maybe it could have fit in yeah. I really I really feel that there's very little that they didn't do that they maybe could have done because like really the only there's only like two things that I expected to happen that didn't happen the first was for the actual devil to show up and cage to like kick his ass you know because they keep talking about all this demonic ritual they do the child's play ritual where they all go into like a stuffed animal sort of situation (laughs) which is what like i think they even called it out i think it's even called the same thing in child's play uh so I, i expected the devil to show up and then at the very end i expected cage to light a match and burn the whole fucking place to the ground and and that surprisingly didn't happen because it was teased in the very first shot of the movie right or something like that like the girl Liv gets arrested trying to set the place on fire but aside from that it kind of does what it does you know it does it hits all the boxes for the most part yeah i think so too i think another thing that it could be better at is like having more character defining traits for each of the creatures like have them behave as such like you know when he fights the gorilla in the bathroom it has a couple of my favorite moments in the movie, like when he uses a plunger to subdue it and then curb stomps it into a urinal. I was like, holy shit, what is this movie? The gorilla swings down from like above. Like, I don't know where he swung down, but like, it's like, oh, he's doing gorilla things. I feel like that's not done enough either. It's just like he does like a monkey thing and then that's it. It's like, oh, but like, I don't think that any, like, yeah. that's even, that's better than like, the fairy doesn't do any fairy stuff, I don't think, does she? No, I, I think like the most is like the crocodile or the, whatever it is, an alligator or crocodile, like it acting like one, I think the most crawling through the vent is probably the thing. But, oh, I wanted to ask you, did you get Mission Impossible vibes from the bathroom fight by any chance? No, no, okay, not, but... <laughs> not even a little bit. Right. I can tell I you safely why. that that thought didn't cross my mind. Every time I see a bathroom fight now, though, I, I think to, you know, Mission Impossible Fallout. 
the most amazing scene in a movie. I don't know why this is, but I, I conflate Henry Cavill with Army Hammer, and I'm like, oh no, oh, no. Did, like, did the vampire cannibal thing ruin Mission Impossible Fall? Oh no, it's a different actor. Okay, whew, good. Good looking dudes that are built like i guess that's just why i conflate the two but like you know <laughs> yeah. superman and one's not superman so buff white guys i guess <laughs> yeah did I you guess. see the this is way off track but um the henry cavill builds his computer video yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so he first kills an ostrich but like there's nothing to it he just like beats its neck like it's just like okay like i like that it's an like that's a very clear character design but they don't do anything with it i don't think no not quite and i was even trying to think if they were trying to make it off as like trying to make it think like cage thinks these are actual people in there at first you know like is there something going on with the costume where he could mistake it from a person being in there and they don't even really do anything like that it's just got like the weird rubbery neck thing going on and i don't know it's kind of like abrupt and everything i i I wish we learned a little more about cage's character to be like don't get me wrong, it's really cool how mysterious he is. Like, all we really see are dog tags. So I was like, alright, that explains what a badass he is for the rest of the movie. But was he like a messenger sent from heaven or some shit? Like, you I know what I'm no saying? Idea. Like, did he no break idea. out of hell? Like, I wanted one extra little detail at the end where maybe the Willy animatronic was like, it's you, and then he goes into a flashback where, like, Cage lost his voice fighting him the first time or something. I don't care what happens, but like that was a bit of a thing for me where it's like he's too much like he accepts all of this too much you know like he's got his routine and his rhythm and he's aware of everything going on and he's almost too cool about it it's okay and i think it's cool to not know much about your protagonist but like you gotta know a little and we don't you know maybe tenet is the only other movie where we know less about the protagonist and that guy even talks you know like he's speaking <laughs> in the movie What I did like about the movie, though, and this maybe goes back to where he came from, possibly, is that he uses duct tape as, like, medical wrap. Like, he puts it as a bandaid on his face, and he, like, creates, I guess, like, a bulletproof vest or whatever for himself with the duct tape. Uh, But it reminded me of the Humanity Bureau where the guy uses a piece of bread (laughs) as an eye patch. (laughs) Yes. And it's just, like, a piece of... Is that with the piece of scotch tape, like, across it, too, or something? Uh I think, Uh Amazing. I would like to know why, like, if if I'm analyzing this character's behavior like i want to know what rhyme or reason he had for cleaning what he cleaned when he cleaned it because he Hmm. just seems to be like i'll just do this now and then like just like spend like 45 minutes like cleaning glasses or like scrubbing this one thing off like i just i get that he's there all night but it's just like he's just jumping around different things like that seems like okay he's just cleaning stuff but like it feels like he has a reason for choosing what he's choosing we we don't know and like you know his watch dings and he goes and plays pinball or whatever right so like it's just a very it's a very strange like very methodical but like we don't know the reasoning yeah, I was almost thinking by the sort of second flashback we get with exposition, which I like, which I think is really cool. It does a lot of like heavy lifting. Like there's a lot going on in this very short amount of time that you wouldn't expect that like this squeezed in here that is cool. It's like extra cool stuff and everything. Uh, the one extra thing I definitely thought that uh, there was going to be sort of like a thing about is he's doing this in a specific order and he's taking these breaks and that's sort of like what's helping him survive the night you know like if he does this if he does it in a certain order and he follows the rules and he doesn't go off track 
and he actually cleans, then like they can't hurt him as much or something. Right. Whereas the previous people who stayed there, maybe they didn't know they didn't even bother cleaning. You know, they just used it as a place to sleep or something, and so they were attacked and everything. So maybe you could have taken out the part where like the animatronics started to escape the actual place when they stopped feeding them or whatever, and just been like, no, oh, like we figured out like there's a thing you can do to sort of keep them in the place, and if you do an extra step, like you might even be able to like trick them and stuff like that could have been cool you find like willie's funhouse um employee guide somewhere under the table or something right he's flipping through it i don't want to like criticize the movie too much because i think it knows what it is but it just feels like there are small things like that right that like could have made this like if not an all-timer i don't think it's gonna be an all-timer like i don't think that people are going to look back at this like they do killer clowns right like killer clowns is like a classic right i don't know that this Mm -hmm. is going to hold up the test of time but like it could have been really fun like even more fun like i still enjoyed it but like i feel like there's like little things here and there like we're talking about that like could have made it a lot better yeah i don't know exactly what those things are i think maybe doing the same stuff but just with like a bigger budget maybe you know what i'm saying like i don't know what you do to sort of take it to that next level exactly i like the idea of just subtracting stuff you know what i'm saying like get rid of a couple things here and there and maybe we could streamline this and we could spend more time on the fights and make them a little more over choreographed you know something like that Mm -hmm. it would have been cool to see him fight with other weapons and things like that yeah there's not too much like to change it and i think you either like it or you don't and i definitely did so like is it it's not an instant classic but i definitely think that like it's gonna it breaks out of the average cage head sort of zone by being a horror movie and being related to stuff like Chuck E. Cheese and things like that or Funtime Pizza. So like I think those things will sort of grab people and they'll gravitate more towards this than like another Cage movie or something like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. At one point in the movie, he files his fingernails with, like a piece of sandpaper. Like, has he done that before in a movie? I was thinking maybe, maybe mm. in the opening to The Family Man, remember where he's like in his like tight black briefs and yes. he's like singing opera and like stretching and getting dressed or whatever before he like becomes The Family Man. Like, I'm thinking maybe he's doing like nail stuff. I mean, we've talked a lot about how he shaves in so many movies, but like, do you remember him ever filing or cleaning his fingernails before? No, <laughs> I don't. And I cool. thought it was, I thought it was great. I, it took me, until right when the scene ended I was like what was he using and I was like oh sandpaper okay yeah I think so I uh, I love the pinball machine I'd love to play on that like, oh me too really cool I think there was a really great use of Freebird in this movie. It's no, hard. no, 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 no. It's no, no, hard no, no, to no. use Freebird. No, 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 no. That's, that's my last note. That was my last note for the movie, and I was going to bring that up next. Uh, you can't do you can't do that. No, 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 no. I mean, why not? Let him do it. Like, Well, it's... because, like, oh. so the only other real movie that I can think that uses it is The Devil's Rejects. Like, yeah, uses that's what it I was in thinking. It's entirety. That's obnoxious, but it's like, okay, like, we're, we know what we're doing here. It's just like, why Freebird? And then, like, it goes from being non-diegetic to diegetic sound when he goes to the car and, like, turns on the radio and, like, cranks the, and it gets louder. I'm just like, movie, what are you doing? Like, I I, I don't know either. I thought it was funny because, like, first of all, <laughs> I'll tell you, like, I thought the, the, the original score rocked. It was pretty metal. And then the songs they made up for the, for Willy's Wonderland were, like, so obnoxiously catchy and like just like the one it's you your birthday like all that shit was on point and then they bust out Freebird. like i think it was intended to be a joke you know like i don't i don't think oh it's big. gotta be yeah like, yeah that's why i like the use of it though because i was like this is not appropriate <laughs> or necessary oh boy i don't know i don't know i don't know like like the movie never lost me like it's not like at any point where i was just like i don't like this movie like i was just like yeah i know what this is and i'm having a good time but like at that point i'm just like i roll my i'm like 
come on. Like, like I don't know what you do instead. Like, you need a song there. I get that. But, like, Freebird? It's got to be a joke, but, like, really? Yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> do you have any other notes about the movie? I do want to mention that the uh, actor who's in other stuff is the guy Terrell Hill, um, who was one of the kids in the movie. He was also in, that comes out this weekend, Judas uh, and the Black Messiah, which is the new movie on HBO Max, which is supposedly great. Uh, he was also in Love, Simon and Bad Mom's Christmas. So he's been in some stuff like oh. a lot of the kids. I mean, I, they might be on TV stuff that I didn't look on IMDb, but I'm just looking on Letterboxd. But this kid's been in a bunch of uh, fairly big name-ish movies. The most of the other kids have not. But any other notes that you had before we play our uh, Cage Club movie bingo counting game? Yeah, just two small notes. First, uh, you mentioned earlier the Too Fast car, but he gives a sick burnout at the end of the movie here in the sure. parking lot. And I definitely was thinking, you know, probably more of a Brian thing than a Dom thing, I think. But like I was thinking Brian. This entire movie, you know, if you don't, if you want to be like, look, I've never, not that I've never heard of Five Nights at Freddy, and this is not based on Five Nights at Freddy, like maybe there's some Chuck E. Cheese in here. What this movie is really based on is the one fight in the Van Damme hockey movie where he beats the shit out of the mascot. That's what I was thinking. Is that Sudden Death, I think it's called? I'm not positive, but I watched it over the summer. I was getting heavy Van Damme fights the mascot at the hockey movie vibes throughout the entire movie. So, you know. You could always say that was an inspiration. I love it. I'm on board. (laughs) Let's do the Cage Club movie bingo count. A Cage Club podcast network crossover. I don't think so, right? Hmm. No, I I guess not. I think no, right? A woman is attacked, yes. Accentuating an oddly specific word. No, he has no dialogue. Like, he can't be... Yeah, that's another thing about it. He He's so known for the way he talks and stuff. Like, Yeah, a talk. lot of these a lot of these things are not going to count because of that. Adaptation, no. Airplane or airport, no. An attractive woman finds Cage irresistible, no. Another movie plays in the movie, no. Like, I'm not going to count the Willy's Wonderland commercial, right? Right, right, right. No, like, was Night of the Living Dead shown somewhere at some point? No. I don't think so. <laughs> be awkward sex scene kind of is them having sex in the super happy fun room is that awkward or no it feels just like kind oh, of tropey I, horror i thought stuff, it had right? to be cage having awkward sex yeah okay we'll say that <laughs> bad accent no bad cgi like it's no. intentionally so like i don't think so i don't think it was and, and that wasn't even that bad you know like i think it is maybe just the blood stuff billiards or bowling no cage if only pinball man. oh man so close so close cage compromises a woman no cage cries no cage dies no cage drinks alcohol no i thought it was beer but it turns out to be like grape soda right yeah that was another weird weirdo little thing like he carries around his own soda in the trunk of his car and like will will drink it warm yeah so many cans cage drives yes cage eats no no he never took a food break freaks out no he's pretty even keeled considering what goes on here cage grunts yes in his fighting scenes for sure has a visible tattoo as you mr tattoo got another tattoo today of a uh (laughs) a a phonograph gramophone yeah same thing but does he have a tattoo in this movie or no no okay and i was thinking too like you see his bare arms and stuff and we know he's covered at this point it's like so weird to me that they're always covering up his ink in every one of his movies (laughs) cage in jail no Cage is a producer of Saturn Films, yes. Exasperated, broken man, no. Again, he's confident the entire time, I think. On screen with an animal. Do we want to count this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. it's, we, we're stretching to play this round anyway, so. Sure. Cage on the phone, no. Cage shirtless, 
No, he no, changes shirts. He changes he, shirts yeah. a lot, which was a good gag. I like that joke. Cage top build, yes. Cage laughs maniacally, no. Cage shaves, no. Smokes or does drugs, no. Stands on something weird, no. Starts running, no. I don't think so. There's like nowhere to, there's no room. <laughs> nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Cage steals something, no. Stutters or hesitates, no. Voiceover, definitely not. Wears a hat, no. Works out, no. Character has multiple names. He's not even really credited, like he's only credited as the janitor. Like he's never yeah, called the janitor. Even, doesn't even have a name. Just like, he hey no mister, names. hey guy. Crazy eyes, no. No, Dance? wait, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, with the crazy, like he's the crazy eyes, eyes. We are five for five in playing this game. It's been yes every <laughs> single time. Dancing, yes. Dramatic tonal shift, no. Elvis or the Beatles, no. Like, give him an Elvis song at the end, right? Like, yeah. uh, explosions, no. They don't. Oh, the car blows up. The car blows up. Oh yeah. Oh, how funny! Now I'm thinking, what it would have been if one of the animatronics was a beetle? I mean, you know, that would have been a stretch and a half. Like, you wouldn't just do that. You'd have to make it. Never mind. <laughs> Extreme facial expressions. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. what he. That's all he is, pretty much. In this is like the facial flashback. Yes. Gambling. No, I can't. You can't count pinball as gambling, right? That's no, just playing a game. No. Gift-worthy scene, I guess so. That's also five for five. Yeah. Uh, gold, no. Helicopter, no. Holiday setting, no. Las Vegas, no. But I mean, it might as well be. Like, it's it's got that kind of aesthetic. Magic mysticism. Kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, with the devil-worshipping shit. Yeah. Montage. Cleaning montages. Cleaning. A boring montage, but yeah. <laughs> New Orleans, no. Yeah. Nudity, no. no. Like, the girl's in a bra. Like, she's not naked. Overreaction? I feel like it's a pretty appropriate reaction to what's going on. He's like underreacting to a lot of it too. I yeah, <laughs> also true. Overt sexism? No. Fruit, i.e., peaches or bunnies? No. No. Yeah, and one of the things wasn't even a bunny. That would have been would have been if good. you put a bunny in a box. <clears throat> Hell yeah! That's see, like that's you gotta hire you, especially. Come on, <laughs> I'll write the sequel. I'm following the writer on Twitter. I'll the give sequel him all my called ideas. Wally's Wonderland. <laughs> well, Cage just goes town to town solving this problem. It, the, yeah. Every problem has the same. Every town has the same problem. Uh, red sports car? No, we talked about that. Religion or spirituality? No. School? No. Singing? Yeah. It's your birthday, whatever. Mm -hmm. Someone makes a threat. Yeah, all the animatronic guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone plays a musical instrument. No. Someone returns another cage film. Yes, the sheriff is back. We talked about that. Subtitles or non-credits text like title cards. I don't think oh, so. Oh, the one, the one animatronic that speaks Spanish had subtitles okay. for like okay. one scene. And do you think that Cage and that actress that they knew they worked together in matchstick men before like do you think that came up i'm always curious about that shit. i don't know because i don't think they shared scenes together yeah she like handcuffs him a couple times right oh no no not in this movie i mean in in, in matchstick men right oh right they didn't have scenes in matchstick men but yeah. do you, i wonder if they're like all right never I mind no maybe maybe I, have, I honestly have no idea maybe i mean that was also what 20 years ago so yeah. 18 yeah. years ago and like 60 cage movies ago <laughs> <laughs> the beach no time jump no because we have flashback we don't have a time jump we have flashbacks the titular line spoken does anybody ever say willie's wonderland yeah probably oh, yeah right? yeah twin peaks connection no mm. i don't think so no 
Not that I can... And then the same thing, X-Files connection, no, right? No, because it's not like Aliens, it's more Devil. How much did the Devil come up in the X-Files? I never watched the entire series. The Jersey Devil is in the first season. There's like other Devil stuff. I think like Small Potatoes is maybe about the Devil. I don't remember. Not a lot. Really not a lot, right? Yeah, that was more Alien stuff. Wacky Wardrobe. Not really, because like the... That shirt's not wacky. I went and bought... I got one. I saw that, yeah. (laughs) You are officially on staff. I rarely buy that kind of stuff now. And war, no, right? So we are at Unless 19. he was at war with the uh, animatronics, but so. no, we won't I have to go there. So. <laughs> we have 19, which is by far our lowest. Jiu-Jitsu, the previous low at 26. High mark is color out of space with 36, but Wally's, or Willie's Wonderland, sorry, Willie's Wonderland. I know, listen to us the whole episode doing that. The final question, though, Mike, what tier is this? Is this good movie, crazy fun, okay, or 211? I think it's mostly crazy fun, yeah. you know, for sure. Like, I think I'll watch it again, I mean, in a little while, you know. I've got a couple other things to get to. Uh, I've been putting in the hours more and more these days, so it's got room. It's short, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> short, but that counts, man, you know. that's a, Over on the Monsters That Made Us, I love it because, like, we've got one movie so far in, like, five episodes that's over an hour and 15 minutes. So, like, they knew how so that to was do like it. was, like, Phantom. It wasn't, like, three hours? Oh, well, Phantom of the Opera. Okay, yes, that, I guess you're right. So maybe two. But then, like, most of them are an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15, and one of them was, like, an hour and 40. I was like, Dan, what is this long-ass movie you made me watch? It was an hour and 40 minutes. This is a fun, quick one to watch. I, I would, you know, like I said earlier, I would watch this with mom and dad, you know, like, do that double feature on a Friday night. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know what movie's coming next. Prisoners of the Ghostland just played at Sundance, so maybe that. I don't know. We got Pig at some point this year. We got The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent at some point, maybe this year. We got the Untitled Joe Exotic Project, maybe this year. There's some Amazon thing where he's playing a voice of Lord High Fire or something. Oh, I don't is know. Is that like Lord of the Rings or some shit? I think it's animated. I don't know. We'll find okay. out, though. But I'm going to guess either Pig or Prisoners of the Ghostland. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online about Prisoners of the Ghostland because of the festival and... And so I have a feeling that's going to be out sooner than later. This came out a lot sooner than I think we were expecting. So that was this was great to have this so soon in the year. You know, at least I know there's no anxiety on this end. I could kind of sit back and relax and not wait till like August and start sweating bullets again. Being right. Like, Joey, we've only got a couple months. When's the cage coming? We're in good shape. Thankfully, thankfully. I mean, now we got to wait. This is the year maybe where Cruise puts out Top Gun 2 or Mission Impossible 7. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Give us something. That seems to be like the things that we're most waiting for, right? Because we got a bunch of different shows, but we already had Hanks checked off for the year. Yeah. I don't know what Keanu's doing. I guess The Matrix is going to be next year, right? So I think that's that this uh, year. No, December. that's this year, maybe. I think, yeah, I think that's Christmas. That's crazy. Because I know that's on yeah. that was on the list of the HBO Max, like same day and date streaming in theaters, so... So we got another cage, which is all that matters. Oh, so here's a big here's a final question since we're talking about like potential episodes this year. Charlize, do we do an episode for Fast 9 for for Watch the Throne? Or is she now officially just part of the Too Fast No, I think we rotation? have to, but we also have to do Adam's Family and yeah. the other thing that was on Netflix. We yeah, we fell a little bit behind on Charlize. But yeah, go to cageclub.me slash shows. Check out all like 27 shows or whatever on the network. Mike's got two shows, one at the end of the month, one at the beginning of the month. And I got Too Fast, Too Forever every Tuesday. But yeah, lots going on at cageclub.me slash shows. Anything, any other last thoughts about Willie's Wonderland, Mike? No, I'm good to go. Cool. For all things Cage Club, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us mailbag at cageclub.me forgot it for a second there mailbag at cageclub.me and come back next time whoever whatever that is for whatever that is pig 
Prisoners of Ghost Land? I don't know. Right here. You know, we're not going anywhere. I'm Joey Lewandowski. <laughs> and I'm Mike Manzi. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Cage Club. Thank you.